And I'm going to go ahead and take this as a, as my opportunity to introduce my guest. I have a special guest. Uh, he builds himself as the housekeeping savior for, for long-term care, which we need that. We need more of that in our lives. Okay, that's cool. Training and developing um, and, and management teams to improve efficiency and increase revenue. He's a keynote speaker. He's a best-selling author. Welcome to the show, Ralph Peterson. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I like the idea of being a housekeeping savior. I feel like I need like an outfit, like a a logo, a, a big H, maybe a big super H. Logo yeah, H. exactly. Yeah, we need to get you a big H <laughs> and a cape. Yeah, we need that. I mean, no. Sometimes when we talk about healthcare heroes, for example, you know, and we've been talking about this recently. Yes, our nurses are doing amazing work. Our physicians are doing amazing work. Nurse practitioners, physician assistants, all those. But if it wasn't for the what, what's you know what we call the EVS in the hospitals, the ones who are doing the cleanups and all that, um, oh, man, imagine it would be a tough, tough place. So yeah, what, yeah. It, it, let me say that it it is tough to disseminate and say this this part of the wheel is more important than that part of the wheel or, you know, housekeeping couldn't do it without nurses, nurses couldn't do it. I think as a, we work as a team, as a unit right. in long-term care and in healthcare, and all of us are super important. Trust me when I say, if we weren't important, we wouldn't be there because there's no, there's, there's no fluff in healthcare. Nobody's got time or money for fluff. So if uh, billing is just as important as MDS and an MDS is just as important as frontline nurses, it's just as important as, dietary, just as important as housekeeping. We all play a very important role, truly. That's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. So those who are signing in from, let let us know where you're signing in from. I want to bring up my comments right now to make sure that I am in tune with your comments. We want want you to be involved actively in this discussion. So let me click on that. And I want to make sure that, uh, and and Joanne, if you haven't already done it, let's make sure we tag in Ralph and tag in myself and we will let's see here very good now just to kind of get us going i want you to describe for me the typical process and this this happens across all industries um the typical process of what happens with management who ends up getting promoted to managers and what problems that creates i'll tell you the 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 number one way to get promoted to a management position, the best way to get promoted, and there's a lot of people who want to get promoted, thank God, because we need them, is to simply be the best at your job. Make your job your profession. And it doesn't matter if you're in housekeeping or if you're in dietary or if you you sell cars for other people, become the best at it. Have you ever went and tried to purchase a car from somebody who knows nothing about the car you want? as opposed to going and buying a car from somebody who knows every integral step of the radio process, how to set the timer, how to set your preset. I mean, you get into a car with somebody who who really is, loves their job, who really knows cars. It's a way different experience. And that's how you get promoted into leadership. Be passionate. Show some, show some initiative. Be, show up on time. Be early. Be early. Be willing to stay late. I say this, when you're in management, there is no, I'm willing to be early. I'm willing to stay late. No, management means you are early and you stay late. There's no, I'm willing to. If you're not early in management, I'll tell you, you're not long for this world, unfortunately. But yeah. that's how you do it. You, We promote the super workers to supervisors. And there becomes a big, big problem with that. Everybody will tell you, just because they're a good worker doesn't mean they're a good manager. They'll make a good manager. And my answer to that is, while that is true, so what? Could you imagine if we decided we're going to go and try to find the worst worker to promote them? <laughs> what choice do we have? Could you imagine? We're like, oh, you know who'd be really great at this manager position? Oh, what's her name? She's not here today because she called out again. But I bet if you gave her a leadership position, nobody does that. Nobody does. <laughs> We always look for the best worker. We're always promoting super worker to supervisor. The challenge is, the challenge, and there's a many of them, the challenge is when you promote somebody into a leadership position, two-thirds of all first-time managers fail within 90 days. And that is a, that's seven out of 10. That is a huge number. And I don't mean, I don't mean fail as in they didn't do well their first 90 days. I mean, we just promoted our best worker, the one who said, I wish I had a ditto machine and I could make 10 of her. We just had to fire her. We just had to let her go. So you lose that best oh, worker wow. because you didn't not only 
organizations do have the ability to do some really better training and keeping managers, especially brand new managers along. Right. Brand new managers themselves are their own worst enemies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Joanne, maybe you've already updated this. I want to make sure we have the right description on this particular uh, episode. It's got uh, an outdated description. Uh, Jonathan, I don't know if you can see that from your end. I want to make sure that that's corrected. Let me hit refresh on that. That was a great point you hit on, Ralph, just now. I mean, that was so key. Um, Yeah, it looks like it's not updated. Let me just do that really fast while I'm in here, Uh, Ralph. Sure. And Joanne, go back, if you can, just match it up with what we had on the event. There we go. Perfect. So let me ask you this. What what would you say is uh, the reason why most managers fail within those first 90 days? Why are they not able to make that transition so easily and quickly into a manager role? Sure. Well, I'll give you two. There's two different scenarios. So one, why is it their fault? And why is it perhaps their employer's fault? Those are two different scenarios. So first, why is it their employer's fault? Because it's a little less intricate. Most of the time, the reason is it's not there. I mean, the reason that their employer is faulty, uh, there's so many different ways to go about this. But the number one thing is most employers, when they promote someone, their directive to that new manager is just get everybody to work as hard as you did and you'll be fine. You may as well say, I know how to solve hunger. I'm going to go eat dinner. The world hunger is over because I'm just going to go eat dinner. I mean, it's the most far-fetched, ludicrous training methodology. And... So they don't show them anything. There's no, there's very little shadowing. There's very little mentoring and there's very little room for failure. I know managers, brand new managers who never get written up. They never get spoken to. There's never a hard conversation, even though there should have been. And instead there's the promotion. Everybody's like, woo, you can get promoted. Yay. Great. Then they fall on your face for a few weeks and then they get terminated. When, and there was no conversation in the middle because first of all, we don't like people failing. Right. Cost money to let people fail, and even our even the experienced managers, the one who are promoting the managers, are so afraid of confrontation that even they refuse to have eyeball to eyeball conversations. It is one of the most challenging things about leadership, and it's one of the most necessary things about leadership. If you don't have the ability to look somebody in the eye and correct their behavior, you're not going to have the ability to lead. You just simply are not. And you're setting that person up for way bigger failure than the small, uncomfortable conversation you could potentially be having. You know, it's, right. it's, a, real, it's a real challenge. So ongoing education is a big problem. We don't train our new housekeeping managers. We don't, we don't bring them into the fold. We don't, a lot of times the culture of the organization isn't such that it's a breeding ground for leadership. And it's so easy to do. It is so easy to create a mentoring environment. Imagine if I said, all you have to do to create a mentoring environment is spend five minutes a day with all your managers. That's all it is. Mm. It's five minutes of, hey, how are you doing today? That's incredibly what simple. What was, your, what was your challenge today? Can I help with anything? Oh, that's interesting. That's how you did it. What do you think is going to happen? Oh, really? Oh, good. No, I'd love to hear what happens tomorrow. I'm not making decisions for you. I'm asking you to tell me, you know, right? Like that's mentoring. Right. Mentoring. Yeah. You learn how to lead through suggestion. Yeah. And when it doesn't work, you go, all right, well, you know what? Because here's the truth too. A pat on the back could work for you today. And tomorrow that pat on the back won't be effective on you. And the same thing, a kick in the pants today might be effective for you. Tomorrow, kick in the pants. And you're the same person. Yeah. Having to be able to roll with the situations with the same person, having to understand that dynamic. Now let's talk. That's that's how. What's the employer's fault? Now let's talk about your fault. I'll tell you what. There's this thing called an unspoken benefits rule. I don't know if you've ever heard of the unspoken benefits rule, but no, I have not. Tell me about it. It's what every manager, every person believes they get these additional benefits when they're promoted to leadership. And even if you don't believe you get them, your wife does. Your husband does, your kids do, your parents do, your friends do. Oh, you can be late. You're in charge now. You can call off tomorrow. It's the Super Bowl. Everybody knows you're going to call off. Everybody's fine. Nobody's insane. You're in charge. Right. 
And I'll tell you what, it is that attitude that, oh my, I am in charge. I can do whatever I want. Boom. Yeah. You become ineffective so fast, so fast. It is, it is, oh, it's terrible. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great point. Now, I want to ask you this, though, Ralph. Um, out of, let's say, 10 leaders or 10 managers that are promoted from a super worker to a supervisor, like we talked about, roughly how many of those 10 on average do you think can be saved and, that, and they will make it through those 90 days? All 10. Okay. All 10. I, here's the thing. And, and, and it may not be it, it may not be that they're saved in that one job. But I'll tell you what, if, if at the end of this, you were like, hey, Ralph, do you have a call of action? You know, is there something you want to promote or, you know, you have a new book out? Or th- this is what I would want to promote. I would say if you ever have had the desire to be in charge, please raise your hand and be in charge. And the reason and it's coming from a real honest place, two reasons. Number one is because it is the greatest job in the world to be responsible for others, to help others, to help others grow and succeed and build. It, there is no better job. Just no better satisfaction. And the second part is we need it. We have such a shortage of leaders in this world. And it doesn't matter the industry. It could be government, church, schools, car business, housekeeping, healthcare. We We are really in need for people to step up and say, I would like to be in charge. Now, I'm saying all that to say this. If you have the ability, if you're like, you know what? Being in charge sounds like something I'm interested in doing. Even if you fail a hundred times, you can still be a successful manager. You can still get it. There are too many people who aren't even willing to be in charge. They're not even willing to take the responsibility. And that's all it is. It's responsibility. They're like, hey, would you like to, hey, we need to promote somebody. No, not me. Not me. I'd rather not be in charge of anything. No, I don't want to be responsible. I'm going to do my, which is fine, which is fine. I'm just saying that is a unique person that says, I'll be in charge. You can count on me. I'll be responsible. And so 10 out of 10. If you have the ability to say, I'll be in charge, you really want to be a manager. You might not be a good manager here. You might, you might be too new in management. Maybe you're not, you haven't got it yet. But if you're willingness to, if you're willing to take responsibility, you could definitely become a really effective manager. I got fired eight minutes. My first time I got put in charge, got put in charge, promoted to a leadership position. I got fired in eight minutes. Eight minutes. <laughs> eight minutes. Not only did I get fired in eight minutes. But my boss told me as he drove me home, I was 16 years old. He told uh, me I will never, ever be able to be a manager. He's like, you, I thought you wow. had what it takes to be a manager. I thought you were a good worker. I thought you <laughs> were smart, thought you were capable. I was wrong about everything. I right. remember having to bite a hole in my lip to try not to cry. I was so devastated. I couldn't oh think about getting fired. And here I am. He was wrong. Five years later, he was a wrong. management trainer. I'll tell you, he was right that I wasn't good at that moment, but he was not right that because I was failed in that one small incident that I could never become an effective manager. Yeah. You know, you just hit on something. And, and I think that this is something I had had recently with someone where I just tried to give them some honest feedback. And just based on what I saw at the moment, I was like, this may not be the right fit for you. And the person immediately lashed back and says, no, that it, it is. It's just, and here's the reasons why. But I think that there's two things here. One is when you get that kind of feedback, it has some level of value. You just have to extract what level of value it has. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be there forever, right? It could be that, you know, you, you make the adjustments and you can be a fit for whatever that is. So maybe, maybe you can kind of talk on that a moment. Like how did it first, you said at first it made you upset to the point where you wanted to cry. Um, when it was that you could you start to saw, saw, see some of the value that you got from what he said, like what or what he you noticed what he saw? Well, it took a couple more years. So I was 16. I didn't even attempt to raise my hand again, nor was I even anybody even asked me if I wanted to be in charge again for a couple of years, honestly. And it, I, it happened organically again. The reason I got chosen to maybe perhaps be a, somebody good for for leadership that when I was 16 is because I outworked everybody. And the reason that I got asked again when I was 19 is because I was outworking everybody. Mm. And it, so it was that same thing where you just, somebody's like, well, you have the one thing that we need in a manager. You know what that one thing is? What's that? Credibility. 
Ah, credibility. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. could you imagine if you promoted me and I'm the one who's always late, always trying to get out early, <laughs> always have alcohol on my breath, always look <laughs> like I rolled out of bed five minutes ago. Oh, he's right. in charge. I mean, you got to be kidding me. No credibility. Just right. on just on looks, you know, credibility. That's that's how that's how I got and. I legit got fired when I was 18 or when I was 16 because uh, I deserved it. I was fist fighting with one of my employees. Now, in my defense, I had learned a very valuable lesson, and that is it is very hard to get promoted from within in the same group. So I got promoted. I was working with a team of guys. I was the youngest of yeah. all of them, mm-hmm. have a lot to prove. You know, yeah. we're, we're men, you know, young men. And so we're just a bunch of testosterone. And it was raining out. And one of the, you know, the, my, my boss said, Ralph's in charge now. And they all went like, yeah, okay. And he left. And one of the kids was wrapping, you know, with a, pulling a tape measure through the mud. And I was like, hey, that's not how you, you're going to ruin that tool. And so he threw it at me saying, didn't you take care of it? So I started fist fighting him. My uh... boss comes back eight minutes later because he forgot something. He's like, you can't be fighting with your employees. And I'm like, he was ruining your tape measure. I mean, is that is that where the company we are? We ruin tape measures and uh, <laughs> fired yeah. me on the spot. But you know, when I when, so when I get promoted again, I'm 19. I'm I'm a laborer doing lugging bricks around and right. cement. And I, I'll tell you what I knew. Uh-huh. I knew the tape measure. If somebody was ruining a, a tool, a shovel, a tape measure, it wasn't worth my job. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so I would go, hey, don't you're gonna treat okay, now I'll get it. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Valuable lesson. Uh, let oh. me let me point my uh my attention to the comments here just to make sure that I do recognize those who've come in so far today. Looks like uh BB has dropped in to say hello. She says happy to be here. Glad to have you too as well, BB. Of course, Joanne and Jonathan are here. And I see some other folks have liked it, like Stephen. So glad to have you here as well, Stephen. So thank you all of all of you for being on here. And if you have any questions about leadership, uh, if you have some comments you want to add, personal experiences, uh, we would love to hear that. Now, Ralph, let me ask you something. What's something about you that surprises people uh, when they first hear it about you? What is something that people are surprised about me when they first? That's a that's a fair question. I think one of the biggest things that people find very disconcerting is I'm a high school dropout. And so sometimes that takes people by surprise. Wow. Yeah. That surprised me. You know, be where you are, but I'll say this. uh, I have, I have call. I did go to college. I did get my GED. I did get an associate's degree. Then a couple of bachelor's degree. I have a master's degree, but high school didn't work for me. Wow. High school didn't work for me. And it, and it's, and it's not it. It's hard to say like it's the high school's fault or my own parenting's fault, but one of maybe a combination of the two. I didn't have a good foundation to come from in my own house, and school was school was. You know what? I remember in high school I had to take an assessment test, ninth grade assessment test, and they told me I was a hands-on learner, and I was like, okay, what does that mean? And they said construction work. <laughs> All right. And I got to say, I hated it. I was like, construction? I don't want to work in construction. So I left there, of course, and went to work in construction because I was told that's all I was good for. Right, right, of and course. Years later, I, I 24 years old when I went to get my GED. 24. I didn't get my GED until wow. 24. So quit school at 16, work in construction until I was 24. And I hated it. I mean, I hated it. I, I eventually got... I was working for a masonry company. I eventually started to be able to drive the forklift, which is probably one of the coolest jobs if you're going to work in in construction. And I used to get in trouble because I was always writing, getting caught writing little stories and snippets on pieces of paper. I'd write on the forklift. I'd write on pieces of styrofoam. I was just always like, oh, this wouldn't be a great idea. The whole time was I just felt like I was better than that. I was like, I I have way more to offer than construction work. I there's got to be a, I've got to be a different kind of learner. I mean, it's, yeah. I got to be, how can I, how do I become a book learner? And so I went and I got this book out of the library called how to be a master student. I'm like, okay, ah. I want to be that. Okay. And it said, hands-on learners are really good at explaining things. I was like, well, that's not, that's different than construction. Yeah. It sounds like teaching. Exactly. Explaining things. And sure enough, I really, I learned the best 
if I can take apart something and explain it to you how to put it back together, I'll know it forever. That's my hands-on leadership. Like, and wow. I didn't know Okay, this is this is a very happy ending story. I think we need an applause for this one, <laughs> Jonathan. I learned, I learned that I could learn. So there you go. Oh, yeah, that's there you nice. go. yeah. That, that's amazing, my man. I mean, I love it. I love the story. At one time, you were a high school dropout. You figured out a way to get back into school and, and actually take your gift and leverage that gift in a place that really fits your personality much better. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's an amazing story. Yeah. I'm looking at your profile. I see your master's degree, in organizational leadership. Um, never would have thought about the, the high school dropout. That's amazing. I know. So folk, folks in the comments, what, what's, what, what would we be surprised about, about you when the, you know, if, if we heard, I want, I want to hear some of your comments too, uh, as well, for those of you who are watching, and that's if you're watching this live or on the replay. All right. So Ralph, I want to ask you this. What what are some top, maybe the top two or three things that a new supervisor can do on their own, he or she can do on their own to start moving into that space where they can get, because it sounds like that 90 days is kind of like that key area they want to get past. So to just to get to the first 90 days, what are the first two or three things they should be doing as a, as a leader? Oh, this is such a great question. I'm so happy that you asked it because one of the number one things that we self-sabotage, this is self-sabotage 101 for a new manager. We think that we got promoted because we already know everything. And therefore, if we ask a question, if we, especially if it's something we think you think we already know or should know, we don't ask. And instead, we try to just pretend I'll, I'll, I'll make it until I'll fake it until I make it. Terrible advice. Terrible advice in leadership. Because in leadership, everybody's looking at you. There is no autonomy in leadership. You don't have the ability to go like, oh, nobody sees me. Everybody, not only does everybody sees you, but everybody's like getting, moving stuff out of the way to look at you. Like everybody has got their laser yeah. eye on you because they want to know who the heck are you to be promoted. Everybody can't wait for you to fail. And, and I'm talking about the co the people who you were working with as coworkers, and now you yeah. may be in a supervisor role above them. The best thing you can do, the very best thing you can do is be, use these words when you first get promoted. Say, thank you for the promotion. I'm super excited. May I come to you every single day and just to be sure I'm on the right page? Because I don't want to pretend I know something I don't know. I don't want to get it wrong. That's, that's amazing. Can I just come, just every day, can I have a five minute? Yeah. It, five minutes, it takes five minutes. At the end of the day, can I just have five minutes? And I'll tell you what, if you're promoting leaders, if you're promoting, forget leaders. If you brought anybody in, to your organization, lowest to the highest, doesn't matter. If you're not checking in with them daily for at least a couple of weeks, you, my friend, are wrong. Wow. You're not showing engagement. You're not yeah. showing that you care. You're not showing value. You know, the, there's this, there's this great, there's this great study, and it was a, maybe perhaps a stupid study, but it was a study based on sh the game shoots and ladders. And it was to try to find out who is best at shoots and ladders. And <laughs> they were picking countries like Norway against Sweden or whatever, you know, like right. these countries, that, who's better at shoots and ladders. <laughs> the, the thing that they found out though, is actually biologically, there are people who are first born, first born people, kids are, have a higher IQ than kids who are second or third born. But Interesting. that only happens Later in eight in years, 18, because up to the year of 12, younger born, the youngest born has a higher IQ until the age of 12. And then the oldest born has a higher IQ after 18. And there's all kinds of hypothesis on why this is why that the biggest takeaway is that the, the youngest gets all the information from all the others. And so there's just a plethora of constant information going their way. Like, oh, don't do that because we tried that. Don't do it. And the, the firstborn doesn't get any of that, right? They, they only get the mm. negative. They get the stick your finger in the, in the light socket. And they're like, ah, right? The youngest are like, hey, don't stick your finger in the light socket, right? right. So they have that constant loop first and foremost before they get there. I think it's a smart way to look at it that mentoring is five minutes. And if you want a successful employee in any sense, Give them constant information. And if you are the new manager, ego, 
My gosh, yeah. my ego is so large. I have to get a second room. It is <laughs> massive. And I am constantly having to go check yourself, Ralph. Is that your ego or is that accurate? Like, are you serious? Right. Like, yeah. It gets in my way. My ego get it's like a it's like a full body shadow. I stumble over the stupid thing all the time. That's what's going to stop you from asking questions. That's what's going to make you go, "Hey, I I should know this, so I'm just going to you know, I'll ask somebody else." Um, don't ask somebody else. Go to yeah. your boss. Set it up in the beginning. Can I come to you every day? Your boss, if your if your manager is any good, and that's the other part too. I mean, there's a lot of people who have you ever heard the turn of phrase sevens higher fives. Mm-mm. No, it's just a, it's a rating thing. It's where it, on a, on a one to 10 scale of your effectiveness as a manager. And so a one being very terrible and a 10 being very great, a seven on that scale will never hire another seven. They will only hire fives because they have to hire somebody they feel like they can control. And they mm. can't control somebody at their own level and certainly nobody above them. And so you'll find, and it's easy to see once you start thinking about it like that and you start going into organizations and working with organizations. I work with a lot of organizational teams in nursing homes and you'll see a seven. And you, how do you tell they're a seven? Because everybody under them is a five. Nobody mm. has the free will of thought. Nobody is very, you know, pushing the envelope. Nobody's asking. I know that we've always done it this way, but what else can we do? That question's not being right. fully articulated. That's a seven at the top of that organization. And they're only hiring five. They're not hiring anybody above them. Matter of fact, I bet when they get the resume, they just dismiss it automatically. Nope, they, they would never work for us. They would never work in this yeah. industry. You know. That's that term overqualified is used overqualified. a lot. Overqualified. Oh, they're way too overqualified. Yeah. No, it's you're underqualified and you're scared. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Let me do a quick little refresh and see what, who we have coming in as far as the comments. And I got some more questions for you. And I'd like to know from you guys in the audience, I want to see if they, is anyone brave enough to tell us something that would surprise us about you? Okay, so I have another question for you. No one's been brave enough to answer that yet. I have a question for you, Ralph. Yeah. Um, would you rather have a plugged nose or perpetually plugged ears? Uh, perpetually plugged ears. Million Why is percent. that? Why is that? Because breathing is just one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you still got a mouth. No, that's true. That's true. I I do still have a mouth. I I I don't know. I really I really think that my, you know, that'd be it'd be way different if you said you know can't hear or you didn't really say can't hear, but can't hear or can't see. I would say you know take away the ears. I'd much rather see than to than to hear. But I feel the same way about breathing. I'd much rather have clear nose mouth than than to yeah. Uh, into here i can i can learn how to read lips and sign language and and carry on with my own head okay i, I i'm kind of with you because like i said i you know I, I can always breathe out of my mouth if i need to in fact i've had to do that when, my, when i get really congested because i have a lot of congestion i have to sometimes breathe through my mouth so um i'm with you on that i'll take the plugged ears i believe i think i'll take I, the plugged ears if i breathe through my mouth too much and, and i have a dog and my wife and my like so I, my dog sleeps on one side and my wife i sleep on the other and if we're both snoring i mean she's just going to kill one of us right now it's just the dog so i <laughs> yeah okay so I, I when i breathe one of the things i, I did want to ask you about too is before we got on on uh on live you were talking about your stuffed animals for the That's day right. i have a ton of them i i <laughs> Here, this is my whale. Listen to this. Do you know how whales die? No. They don't have a natural predator. I mean, sure, some of them are are fished. Some of them do get caught in nets. Right. But traditionally, how does a whale die? I guess old age? It drowns. What? It drowns because it's it's a it's a it's a mouth breather. It has to get above the air. It's gonna it have to get above the water to take in breath, and eventually it gets too big and too heavy. And it does all this work, constantly working to stay afloat, and eventually it will drown. As a matter of fact, when you see a beached whale, that is a whale attempting not to drown. What? That is a whale attempting to not drown. Wow, I did not know that. I'll tell you, in management, this happens to managers all the time. They take on all the work. They're like, no, I'll do it. It's, you know what? If you want to do something done right, just do it yourself. That attitude is going to make you work 24-7. And how long can you work 24-7? Not long before you drown. And when you drown, you're going to get fired. You're going to get terminated. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get sick. You're not going to be able to do the job anymore. You're going to end up just like this poor whale. 
That is an amazing, amazing analogy. I need another hand clap for that one. I love that one. That was, I love the analogy. I've, I felt like that. Of course, we all know. We all know. Oh my goodness. And then I have, and then I have my eagle. My eagle's really fun. Here's the best thing. Here's the best thing about an eagle. I mean, there's so many great things about an eagle. Right. One of the things I really love about an eagle is how subtle they are. They will, when they're going to have babies and they're going to put their, they put their nest together. I mean, they will travel hundreds of miles to find the softest, the best twigs and branches and leaves. And I mean, they make their nest so that kings could sleep in them. I mean, they are amazing. And then the little baby eagles get hatched. And you know what they immediately start doing? What? Little bit, one at a time, they start pulling the nest apart taking away all the niceties. And so soon before you know it, the baby eagle is like, this place sucks. What a joke. I'm out of here. And it's their way of getting them out of the nest. See, uh, when you hire an employee, you have to make it the best space available to them. You want to make it, you want to call to them. You want to go, you're going to love working here. But eventually, if you don't pull off all those softies, they're not going to be able to last because they don't have the ability to fly on their own. They don't have the ability to work on their own. Ah, yes. Mm. That makes sense too. That's another good one. I like that one. My squirrel's my favorite right now. And it's because I can identify with a squirrel the most, I think, because a squirrel spends about 90% of his life working and only doing one thing. And that is trying to find food. 90% of a squirrel's life is spent looking (laughs) for food. And when they find it, they want to hide it because they don't want anybody else to find it. Yeah. Then comes winter. You're not going to believe this. My poor squirrel. Then comes winter, and it turns out that a squirrel can only find about 20% of the nuts it buried. They're right. 80% of the work it does its whole life is fruitless. It's fruitless. Oh, my goodness. You're he kidding me. He never finds the nuts. <laughs> Instead, he's literally growing an entire nut tree, a nut farm. Like, all these trees are going. He's like, those trees are, I didn't, why are those, those trees weren't there last year? Yeah, because you buried all your nuts there. Employees, I have that all the time. We see employees, they're super busy, and they don't. They're non-productive, but you look at them. They're like, I. Yes. She's always working. Yes. Oh my Never gosh. Amen to done. that. Uh, I've done that. I've done. I, that. There's so much stuff I did in 2020 that was a total waste of time. As I look back of it, I Me mean, I, I had I got no results out of it, but I therefore spent lots of time. I was very busy, <laughs> very busy doing it, but uh, it was not a good use of my time. Okay. Before, I don't want to ignore my audience because we've got some folks watching here. And it looks like, oh, BB, she says, nose for me, ears would drive me nuts. Okay, so she's going to take the plug nose. She's going to breathe out of her mouth probably. And maybe she'll eventually f- figure out a way to somehow breathe out of one of her nose. I think she's right. I probably would be like, what is going on with my ears? <laughs> <laughs> she wants to be able to to hear, I think. Um, yeah. I'm actually, you know, I'm actually kind of leaning towards that now, Ralph. I'm thinking if I have a plug nose, because I've already been living with it most of my life anyway, I can get my nose, I have my my nose can be plugged. I can still breathe out of my my mouth, but I can hear perfectly. Yeah. I mean, some of the beautiful things we can hear is just amazing. But what about smelling your food? I mean, wouldn't your oh, food? Oh, yeah, you got me on that one. Oh, yeah, my goodness. The, the taste of your food. Oh, I wouldn't be able to smell bacon. My God, I was- <laughs> I was reading, I was reading the other day and, oh, it was sound. It wasn't, oh, it was just the opposite. I was thinking it was smell. It wasn't, it was sound. And the author used the turn of phrase that it sounded like July. Oh my goodness. Boom. You know, (laughs) as a writer, you're always trying to figure out ways to describe things. Right. To to define sound like a, like a month of the year sounded like July. That's the greatest thing I've ever read. Oh, no. oh, that's, that's pretty good. I'm impressed. Okay, I'm just refreshing to see if I haven't had any other comments. I have another question for you here. Yeah. All right. So, going back to our, I'm going to do a leadership, another leadership question. Um, what are some things that organizations can do to identify those who would be the best leaders? Because let's say if you have more than, let's assume you have more than one productive worker. Yeah. Um, which one of those they should probably move first to the, the manager line? What, what, what's some things they should look for? I'm going to tell you the best thing that I've ever seen a company do is competition. So you take 
let's say you narrowed it down. You have one spot available for our, for a new management position. Where we're going. We only have one spot to promote one of you. Let's do a competition between the two of you. If it's a, a position where you're creating something, if it's like I work in housekeeping, and so for me, I would say I want you both to create an annual calendar for floor care. Just come up with whatever you think would be the best design. And then I would fundamentally be able to understand, first of all, one person, most of the time when I say that, one of the person is going to go, I, I don't want to do that. You're out. That was easy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's kind of a filter right there. <laughs> an easy filter. No, but then you you really get to see how yeah. they look at things and, and like their that. knowledge set, their skill set, how they're breaking stuff yeah. down to the the level of detail they add, the intricacies. And I got that actually from, there's a there's a story that's been going around for a long time. And I have no idea who the author is. And I'm not going to quote the whole story. It's basically this guy who is stepping down as the CEO and chairman of a wood company. And he's got two people who have, he's been slating to take over as the, the CEO of the wood company. And he chooses one over the other. And the one that he didn't choose comes up and says, I don't understand why he didn't choose me. And so he says to the guy, how many maple lumber do we have in the yard? He goes, hold on, I'll go find out. And so he goes and he comes back. He goes, we have so many board feet of the maple lumber. He's like, okay, how many cherry lumber do we have? He's like, all right. So he goes out and he looks at cherry, comes back. He does this for four or five, whatever kinds of lumber he goes. He goes, okay, now let me go get the other guy. He goes, so the other guy comes in and he says, hey, how many maple lumbers do we have in the yard? He goes, hold on, I'll go check. He comes back out. He goes, we have so many board feet of maple. He goes, how many cherry? Oh, and we already have this cherry. He counted them all while he was out there. So he came back completely prepared for everything where the other guy had to be told each time what to look for. Uh, That's the lesson when you're trying to choose who's going to be that successor. Who is the person who's more system orientated, more widespread, has a bigger view. And that's a good lesson for all of us who are trying to get promoted. It's it's important to not just see your own thing. You got to expand your horizons, see other areas, get to know other departments, look at how the whole building operates. You know, yeah. there's this there's this great turn of phrase in jujitsu, and I am not into jujitsu, but I was in the Marine Corps, and so I do know how to fight. In in jujitsu, there's this turn of phrase that says, if once you see the way, you can see the way in all things. And they're talking about the way of life and all this mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. It's the same in business. Once you see how a business runs, yeah, from the bare but once you understand it, you can see it in everything. That's one of the biggest challenges new managers don't have is they don't have the business point of view. And so you need to get familiar with the other departments. You need to get to familiar with how they gain customers, how your company sells, how your company provides a service, how they get paid. I tell you, one of the biggest things I ever did professionally for myself is I decided that I was no longer going to be the type of person who said no to request that my company made. I was working for a large housekeeping company at the time, and they would ask for help in different buildings, in different states, in different regions, in different areas. And everybody would always give pushback. Like, I'm the, I didn't answer my phone. I'm not going to answer my phone. You know, I saw he was calling. I'm not going to. I know what he's after. He wants me to work Saturday. I'm like, you know what? I want to grow in this company. I'm going to stop saying no. I'm going to start saying yes. The amount of opportunities that I got, I this is my fourth year in business for myself. Mm-hmm. I would never have been able to do it had I not kept saying yes. I got one guy said, hey, I got I to gotta do these collections where these people are not paying us. You want to come with me? Now, could you imagine? I don't have this. It's not my job. And that right. sounds pretty scary. It does not right. sound fun. Right. Right. I went, sure. He's like, you will? I'm like, sure. I learned so much about not only the value of getting a customer, anybody can get a customer. Anybody can write a contract. Anybody can provide a service. Get paid. Get paid. That's tough. That's hard. And if you don't learn that skill set somewhere, you're going to, you know, it, it, it's it's so important to learn how to get paid. And yeah. I learned so much. So maybe that's the answer too. You want to get promoted. You want to do more. You want to take a career to the next level. Stop saying no to things. Stop I like that. Yourself. Yeah. I like that. You so learn every aspect of the business. One of the first things you mentioned, ask questions. And you also mentioned spending five minutes a day five with minutes. folks. Five minutes. I remember that. And then you also mentioned uh, kind of exploring and kind of you know, understanding the business and then being able to anticipate what the leader wants. I remember that. And then you just finished it up with this last point. 
I am an amazing guest. You're you're a great guest. Yes, <laughs> you get you you get the great guest award. That will that will <laughs> that and two that and three that and three bucks will buy you a small black cup of coffee at Starbucks. I was going to say it has to be a small. I live on Long Island, New York. It is uh, <laughs> cost you three bucks to get in the door. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I have another question for you. And folks in the comments, if you have feedback you'd like to share, if you have questions you'd like to share, what well, we have, uh, just, you know, we have Ralph for a few more minutes. So let's let's definitely make the most of this time we have together. Let's support each other. All right. So, would you rather walk in circles through a revolving door a thousand times, or hang upside down in an elevator for three hours? And I want I want the folks in the comments to answer this too. Which one would you go with? That's an easy one for me because I'm scared of heights. Oh, okay. So okay. It, <laughs> just the idea of an elevator shaft. Uh, nope. Uh, you can put me in a revolving door for three days. Uh, no, I'm I'm more of a revolving door than I am, and I am a I I am a long distance runner. And oh, I've a long done, distance runner. Okay. I've done a bunch of marathons where there are one mile loops. So that means you got to go around 26 times. So I'm not averse to okay. going in one direction. Why not? And you, you get your exercise in at the same time. Right. That's right. I'm in. Well, now, just to be fair, it did say when it said hang upside down, it says in an elevator for three hours. So that could be just the elevator itself. So you wouldn't be very far off the ground. Oh, but uh, oh, but I, yeah, so just to clarify, but I, I, I do like your I do like your approach here because. Yeah, no, I'd still do the I'd still do the door. And I'm, I'm more, with you. More fun. You can, you know, be a lot more engaging. You can. Yes. You can go. Ah, ah. Who knows? You might be able to speak to some folks while you, you know, they might join you in the revolving. I'm gonna become the. I'm gonna be opening doors for you. I had to go fast. Hey, you know, look, come on in. Come on in. It's it's good. It's, it's walk around. Okay, see you later. Come back and see us. Okay, let me hit refresh here. Let me see if anybody else uh, has their opinion. Very. See, we're talking about very serious stuff today, guys. I like Seriously. it. I now like we, we we've talked about some really cool stuff today. I mean, there were lots of great ideas. Now, BB says I have to leave. I have a client, but this was so great. Appreciate oh, you, BB. Yeah. Thank you for for hanging out with us. Joanne says, "Wow, that whale thing. Thanks for sharing, Ralph." So she loved that about the the whale thing. Oh, good. Um, and that was it. That's, that's all of the main comments for now. Okay, so let me ask you this. Um, that I'm going to go back to that 90 day thing because you talked yeah. about how like a lot of the, the 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 managers don't last past the 90 days. If they last past the 90 days, what's the likelihood they're going to be there? Let's say for a year. Do you have any numbers on that? I don't. I don't have that number. I know that day 91 is a big difference than day. Okay. So, so if they, okay. So let's say they go past the 90. Um, obviously the chances are much greater that they're going to work out. As yeah. a manager. So yeah. I guess what I'm learning from that is we need to spend the most amount of time training, mentoring everything, our leaders in the first 90 days. Is that a fair assessment? It is. It is. However, there's a back end to the story. That okay. Tell me about may that. Maybe interesting, maybe enough worth looking at. And that is when you look at fighter pilots. So okay. fighter pilots in the military have an amazing amount of accidents when they first start flying, as you can probably imagine. I mean, they run into everything, right? On the ground yeah. accidents, on ship accidents, in the air accidents. Yeah. There's, if you hear of a plane crash, a military plane crashing, that person probably hasn't been flying longer than a year or two. In the first two years of a pilot's life, they'd make a lot of mistakes. As you can imagine though, after two years, I mean, they get good. I mean, real good to where they, to where the, the statistically, they never have a crash. Never until year six. What? At year six, a fighter pilot starts to have accidents and it starts going up quickly. They go from four years of not a single incident to all of a sudden getting a little close on this, scraping that, running into that, losing an airplane. What happens at year six? See, what happens is, we decide we are so good that we no longer need to do our checks, that we mm. no longer need to pay attention, yeah. that we no longer have to check in, that we no longer, oh, I've been doing this forever. I, right. You know what? This yeah. building will get clean even if I don't show up. That team will work without me. Yeah, sure they will. Sure they will. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> good luck. Year six. 
Yeah, that's a, that's good. That's good. So first 90 days, let's, let's give them the love and attention, mentor them. Then maybe have some type of, what do you think, a refresher? Or what, what do you think we should no, do I around think, year five I, or something? No, I think I think that the the best thing to do is to if let, let's just let's just call a spade what a spade is, okay? If you want to be an effective manager, I okay. don't care what field. It doesn't matter. It could be a school manager, administrator, it could be a nursing home administrator, it could be a housekeeper, it doesn't matter the field. If you want to be an effective manager, treat management like a profession because it is. It is a profession. It is a, there are schools for it. There are studies. There are thousands of books on them. I've written a few myself on the topic of management. There's all kinds of classes and CEUs and all these. It's a profession. It's like a doctor. You need A doctor needs to constantly be trained, constantly be updated on the latest tips and tricks. That's the same thing in any kind of professional field and management is no different. If you want to be an effective manager, you it's it's a it's a class that you never should you should never be able to get a management degree. You're the greatest manager and ever you never have to do another thing. That's not how it is. Right. Then one of the biggest challenges I've ever come across, and it took me a long time to figure it out, was I would hire these managers who had amazing management experience. Their resume was just the picture perfect resume, but there was a gap. There was a couple of years between their last management job and this one. Not a not couple of years since they've been working. They've been working the whole time, but they haven't right. been in a leadership position. And so they get into a leadership position. And I am always amazed. It's like they're starting over. Like they've never been in charge before. Mm. And I'm like, did you lie? Is this resume a lie? Did you fib? Like, how, how is it possible? Here's the reason. It's because management takes an awful lot of emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence is a muscle, just like your leg muscles. If you don't use them, you lose them. Emotional intelligence is the same way. Management is the same way. It is a muscle. Being in charge, having people have that confrontation, the eyeball. Nobody ever comes to me with, with a problem. Everybody brings me a problem dipped in sarcasm. You know what I mean? Like everybody comes to me with, with, you know, with, with a side of aggression. Nobody ever yeah. just goes, Hey, uh, there's a leaky toilet over there. No, it's the leak. The toilet's leaking. The water's going out into the hallways. Okay. <laughs> Nobody ever brings me this tiny little, Hey, if you get a chance, you know, talk to the housekeeper, there's a cobweb. I've been seeing it for four days. It's the cobwebs taken over the building's filthy. Yeah. yeah. So it's that, so it's that piece. So it's, it's not one of those 90 days. You no longer have to do any training anymore. And quite honestly, when we're identifying why people, we can identify why people fail and get fired in those first 90 days. There's, there's a lot of research. We can determine all these reasons on why they fail. It doesn't mean they're effective at day 91. It doesn't mean they're any good. You know how many people, how many managers are managing right now? They've been managing for years and they are terrible at it. Oh, yes, of course. Go to Glassdoor and yeah. do, pick up any company and you'll see that everybody's, if, they, if somebody doesn't like a company, they don't like the manager. It's the manager, this manager, this manager. This is not to say that managers are terrible, by the way. I must also, I just let me throw it out there. I know way more terrible staff members than I do know terrible managers. I know way more staff members who have no ability, who have no business even being employed than I have right. managers. So a lot of the complaining and the griping on the glass door is just people trying to, you know, well, I'm going to have my final say on the glass door because that manager tried to make me do my job. You know, that's normally how that whole thing works. So. So I'm not bashing managers. Right, right, right. So let me ask you this. When you say terrible manager, I want you to define that. By the way, someone just said, uh, Denise. Hi, Denise. She says, uh, Rollins or Joanne, I hear nor see anything, but I'm here. So, but I'm looking at it on, online. Oh, I can see it. Exactly. Huh? <laughs> so I don't know if that's a question for me. Yeah, so uh, so maybe, Jonathan, make sure that it, it's, I, I can see it. So I don't, I'm not sure why. Denise is not able to see it. Maybe you can look into that. Yeah. So, okay. So it might just be uh, a situation on her end. Yeah. Uh, I'll just ask her to please refresh. Okay. Very good. So I have another question for you. Yeah. Now, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. What's the last thing you bought for under 50 bucks that you, you that you love and you use it often? Well, I just I, I, I just got Douglas my blue crab. <laughs> he was, was nine dollars, and I love him. <laughs> and I've been playing with him on my desk. 
And so, <laughs> what inspires yeah. you? What inspires you about stuffed animals in general, in particular? We could talk about this crab or stuffed yeah. animals in general. What? Yeah, well, I love the illustrations, by the way. I love the way you did that. No, I appreciate that. It's very. I. I so I had my I first started out with a with a example about a giraffe, a mother giraffe. Do you know what the first thing a mother giraffe does to their baby when they're born? No. Kicks it. What? Yeah. It doesn't kiss it. It doesn't snuggle it. It doesn't say welcome to the world. It doesn't say here's my this is where you feed. No, it kicks it and it kicks it hard and it keeps kicking it until <laughs> it gets up because the mother giraffe knows that if the baby giraffe doesn't get on its feet quickly, it's going to get eaten by lions. Now that's important ah. because in in management, what happens is we hire a new employee and we're like coddling them and not giving them the full work assignment. We don't realize that all the other employees are lions and they're they can't wait to pounce on that new employee. <laughs> the quicker we get a new employee up and running, engaged, doing their job the way they're supposed to be doing it, the safer they're going to be away from so anyway. But you're not you're not proposing it for us to kick our employees though, right? Well, I'm I'm just telling you that it's very hard to get the giraffe here in my office to give you an example. So I had to go with the stuffed version. So you ask why stuffed animals? It's because it's hard to travel through customs right. with a giraffe. Of course. Right, yeah. So the proverbial kicking that we're talking about, maybe it's a maybe it's just giving them the real job and don't and don't don't sugarcoat just just give them the real deal that's right that's right get them and, and i don't mean to physically kick your employees but i <laughs> mean to but i do mean to get them right. up and running quick a lot of times we hire an employee and we're so scared to lose them that is true we'll you're right through fear oh my gosh if there's a sin of all yeah. sins it's managing through fear and they're like oh i, I don't want to give them too much too soon you know what you just said to all the other employees that you expect them to carry the weight of that person until they feel comfortable. Uh, hey, sugar, you better start feeling comfortable ASAP. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I've had, well, maybe this hasn't happened to you, but I've had employees start at 7 a.m. and then take their coffee break at 9, and it's eight years later, and I've still never <laughs> seen or heard from them again. And the people are like, what happened? I just look out over my lines. I say, one of the lions got her. What do you want me to do? One of you got her. I don't know which one. None of you going to come clean. You ever try to get a straight answer out of a lion? They don't say it. Oh, <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, yeah, blue, my crab, Douglas. And, uh, you know, the thing about crabs is I don't know if you know this, but crabs will always hold down other crabs. Really? Oh, you put a, you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket of water? And you'll see one crab trying to get out. As soon as it gets it to the pulls top, back in. Crab reach up and grab it. Poop, you're not going anywhere. Uh, Hold crabs down. Don't hang out with crabs. And don't be a crab. How about you not hang hold people down? Somebody don't be a crab. Grow, somebody wants to do something. I love that. I love that. Stop being a crab. Nine bucks. Stop being a crab. That's a Nine that's bucks. a that's a, Joanne. That we put that in the notes. That is a clip. Don't be a crab and don't pull other people's down. Da- other don't people be down. A crab, like a crab. Don't hang out with crabs. Don't hang out with crabs. Thank you. I like that one. Yeah. This has been a great day today. Um, okay, so Ralph, yeah. I want you to give us some some parting words of wisdom here on whether it's on the, the employer side that's helping to to uh, promote managers and help them to stay, or for individual leaders themselves. Give us your parting words on either one of those two topics. I would totally go with the employer side. And the reason I would go with the employer side is because I am far more, I think there's a lot more we can do from the organizational development point of view than we can the the organizational behavior. So some people are like, well, let's just talk about the the behavior of the employee. And I'm like, yeah, there's so many things we can't do with that. I'd much rather stay on the employer side. And so- if you are in a position where you have managers, God bless you, and you should treat your managers like they are the most important thing to your organization because they are. I'm talking about special lunches. I'm talking about giving them a special place to meet. I'm talking about having them have lunch together, get to know each other, do activities together, provide them with training. It doesn't have to be leadership training. It could be basket weaving training. Get them to engage in activities together as a group. That's how you build a management team. It's Ooh. so super important to that build that team. I work in healthcare and I can't tell you how much the director of nursing hates the director of housekeeping and how much the director of housekeeping can't get along with the director of maintenance and the director of maintenance hates everybody. And the director of, it is so toxic. 
and there is no unification and nobody comes together. Everybody is against, everybody's throwing each other under the bus. It is the worst environment in the world to be a manager in. And the person in charge of that group, if they took five minutes to go, you know what? I'm going to redo this. I want you guys to get along. I want everybody to have each other's cell phone number. Could you imagine having all the, all the managers having each other's cell phone numbers? I mean, just imagine the communication that could take place, the initiative that could take place. That is a key point. On a Saturday morning, I said, Hey, Hey, Sally, I got a problem I'm having at the nursing home with one of my staff. Can you give me a hand or talk me through how you would like to handle it or what? All of a sudden, we're working together. If you have a nursing home and they're not working together, you can change it. You can change it. You got to put your manager, you got to treat your managers like they really, really, really do matter. I mean, I, I, a lot of people say like, you got to spend all your money on staff. I spend nothing on staff and I'm not trying to be like this big, uh, first of all, I only work with managers. So, uh, you know, what am I saying? If you have a very small budget for engagement, spend it on your managers. Well, ultimately they're going to make the, the, the life better for the employees. It's going to help the employees too. I would imagine. You cannot, you cannot provide a good service if your managers are disgruntled. Yeah. And you can't get a good employee if the person they're reporting to is disgruntled. Yeah. And there's this old saying that people leave managers, not jobs, in a lot of cases. That's, that's, I heard that statement. I'm not, I don't know, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't know how true it is, but I mean, it's, yeah. No, I, you know, I beat the only reason why I would push back against that kind of a statement is because sure. you probably can tell through this interview, this little interaction we're having, I'm not the easiest person to work for. I demand an awful lot. I demand a lot from my employees. I demand a lot from my managers because that's what we, that's how you're effective is you have, you have expectations and you hit them and you know, mm-hmm. this is how you do this. This is how you do that. This, let's get it done. If you're not going to keep up with me, it's not going to work out. I can't tell you how many employees have left working for me and managers who have left working for me saying I'm the worst person in the entire universe. Am I? No, 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 of course not. But I am a challenge to work for. As all men, all effective managers are a challenge to work for. Here's the thing. Employees. I remember when Verizon went on strike. Right before Verizon went on strike, I got this job to go speak. And a lot of the Verizon employees were there. I had no idea they were there. But I'm talking about management. And, you know, I'm not getting glossed over. I generally never talk to to staff. But the staff are in the room. And so I decide to go ahead and engage their eye rolling. I go, all right, so clearly some of you are not liking what I have to say. So so here, here, who here is an employee who wants to know how to get a raise? Oh, I mean, everybody shot the hand in the air. I want to know how to get out. I'm going to tell you a foolproof way. I'm going to to give you a foolproof way on how to make more money. This this works in any industry. I mean, you could have heard a pin drop. Everybody was just like, yeah, what are we going to say? What are you going to say? I said, "Uh, stop needing management. The only reason you're not getting paid more is because we have to pay this guy $80,000 a year to make sure you're where you're supposed to be. If you were just where you were supposed to be, we wouldn't need that money on him. Guess what we could do? I could pay you a little more. But no, instead of having one manager for 25 people in this industry, I need one manager for 10 people. One manager has to watch 10 people. This other industry, they can know they have 50 employees for one manager. No, not us. Eight people, one manager. Because you won't be where you're supposed to be. You won't wow. do what you're supposed to be doing. You want to raise, stop needing management. Here's the other secret, though. All those people who don't need management, don't tell them. We try to promote them into management. <laughs> <laughs> that ends up happening, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Well, listen, it's been a joy having you on today, Ralph. What's the best way for folks to keep in touch with you? It is ralphpeterson.com. That's my website. And so from there, you can find out everything about me. All my social media, phone number, email. Ralphpeterson.com. By the way, Janice says, uh, she says, teamwork makes the dream work. She says, don't be a crusty, immovable crab, but a delectable one crawling out of the barrel. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, she says, uh, uh, Oh, uh, and you were talking about the different directors. She says, or the director of patient access rep, uh, representatives with charge nurses. Sure. Yeah. Um, she also said this is called standards for managing excellence is always attainable when we're engaged. Absolutely. Yeah. And engage. Anytime you hear that buzzword engage, because I know that gets thrown around a lot. Mm-hmm. It's hard to understand what it means. Take the word engage and just turn it into the word listen. Ah. Engage, feel listened to. 
Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Well, listen, thank you very much, Ralph. If this is blown you by listen. an hour, we've already blown an hour, but it's been a great hour. It's been an excellent hour. Yeah, One thank you I, so much for having me on. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, we appreciate it. We've been working on this for a while. I'm glad to, glad, glad to finally get you on the show. Uh, guys, If uh, go ahead and connect with Ralph Peterson. You said RalphPeterson.com? Is that what you said? Yes, sir. RalphPeterson.com. Right, easy enough. And then uh, we're also going to have you, we have, we have you tagged in here, too. Is it okay if they reach out to you for a LinkedIn Please. connection? Please. Okay. Of course. Excellent. Send me all some right. requests. I accept them all. As long as Excellent. you're a good person. Well, let's say bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye, Thanks everyone. for coming on today.